Hallelujah. Let's pray as we get into the word of God. Father, I want to thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. That's so powerful. We thank you that through your word you bring us to your purpose and into a better destiny. Through your word you feed our hungry soul. Through your word we are able to do what you want us to be in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, let me announce this, that you cannot come to church only on Sundays. You know, teaching service is very important. God, the true through teaching service, you can grow. So, every Tuesday, 5 to 8, we have teaching service here. When we come, the first one hour is prayer, intercession prayer. It's prayer and teachings. So, you come and then we pray and we teach. We also want to announce to you, when you come to church and you have any problem don't go back. You know, see any of the pastors and we will talk to you and counsel you. In this place, we do counseling. We don't take money. Like, people go to places, they pay dollars, they pay CDs. No, we don't. It's free counseling. It's free counseling. Amen. And so, we want to advise you to really avail yourself. If you are going through any problem, whether marital problem, don't just bear it quietly. Come, let's talk. It could be marital, it could be financial, let's talk. Again, let me also say that um, this term, we've not been able to meet our obligations to, you know, some of... Um, the students in tertiary at school that we give scholarship to. Well, we had a little bit of some challenge because of the bus. You know, what we have to pay. You know, all that we raised couldn't raise, so the church had to um, add up to it. We've really spent a lot. I mean, getting to, now with the rebranding and insurance, everything, we are Heading towers, 90,000 and over. Amen. It's even over 90,000. We are getting to 100,000. So that is why we suspend, but it will still come on. We're giving ourselves a few weeks, two weeks, and then we'll be able to handle that. Amen. We needed to do that, get the bus from the port so that we don't incur any. Uh, demorage. So please, it's still something on the table. Maybe by next week we'll begin to look at that and it will be done. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning we are looking at winning the battle between good and evil. Winning the battle between good and evil. How many of you know that there is battle going on in our lives? Amen. There is a battle going on between the devil and God. You know, and the Bible says there was war in heaven. 
Even in heaven, the devil decided to wage a war. And the Bible says, Satan, the old serpent, was cast down. He was defeated. Amen. And his place was not found. That means he was overthrown. And so, every day, and when the devil was thrown down here, he made sure that he will continue on with his aggression. He will continue on with his impunity. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, as people of God, we really need to know that we need to take a stand between evil and good. Now, turn with me to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. From verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan who deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Amen. You know, the Bible said there was war in heaven. Even in heaven, the devil decided to rebel against God. And the holy angels. And so there was war. Turn to somebody and say, there was war. And Michael, representing the angel of the Lord, the host of heaven fought against Satan and his forces. And Satan was defeated and he was thrown down here. Turn to somebody, Satan was thrown down here. So, but when he came here, he continued with that aggression. Amen. And that is where you and I should position ourselves. But I thank God when Satan was thrown, the Bible says, verse 10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. And the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now verse 11. And they overcame him. Let's all read it. Any version that you have. And they overcame him by the blood 
of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the dead. Amen. Satan was thrown down, but God made provision. The provision was through the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus, and the word of testimony through the word of God, through the blood and the word that we were given power to overcome the evil one. Amen. You know, I've told you that the title of this message is Winning the War Between What? Good and Evil. The war started in heaven and Satan was defeated and he was thrown down here. And God gave us the provision. He gave us the way. He showed how we can also defeat the devil. And that is through the blood and the word of God. The word of testimony. Amen. And for us to win this war, there are seven gates we need to secure. Say seven gates. Seven gates that we need to secure. Amen. Seven gates that we need to secure. Now, turn with me to Genesis 22 verse 17 to 19. That in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sun which is upon the seashore and they shall uh, sorry and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Say my seed will possess the gate of my enemies. You know, one of the people that God spoke to is Abraham. For Abraham to be blessed and have the ability to enjoy the blessings of God and the covenant practices of God Abraham was blessed and God said, I'll bless you and I'll multiply you and your seed will possess the gate. So we need to secure the gates of the enemy. In your life, if you don't secure the gate of the enemy, things will go wrong. You need to secure the gates of your enemies. Because the devil is also determined. Now let's look at Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 16 18 to 19 verses 18 to 19. Matthew chapter 16 verses 18 to 19. Let's hear what Jesus said about securing the gate or possessing the gate of the enemy. And I say also unto thee thou that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Jesus talked about the gate of hell. The gate of hell could be silenced through the church, through the keys of the kingdom, teachings. It's true the divine secrets of God that the gate of hell also could be closed. And Jesus gave the church the mandate. He gave us the power to stop and to possess the gate of hell. And if you don't possess it, so many things can move into your life. So many things can go wrong in your life, in your business, in your marriage. If you don't secure these gates, the enemy can overthrow you. Even though you are a believer, hallelujah, hallelujah. And therefore, as a child of God, Jesus gave us the key. He gave you the key that you can secure. And he said, whatever you bound shall be bound. Whatever you loose shall be loosed. Hallelujah. Now, the first gate that we need to secure is known as the gate of counsel. Say the gate of counsel. The gate of counsel. Amen. Now, why gate of counsel? Counsel is very important. In preaching, if you look at evangelism, it is actually an exercise of counseling. Asking people to leave their evil ways and come to the light of God. Asking people to leave darkness and come to the light of God. Asking people to leave the world and come to the kingdom of God. So you look at preaching the gospel. The gospel is, is the counsel of God to men to live their old ways, to live their sinful lifestyle, to live their crooked ways and come to God. And that is absolutely a counsel. Amen. And counseling is very important. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 14. In this church, when you come and come with your Bible, we use a lot of scriptures. We use a lot of scriptures. I met a young man. He said, one thing I like about your church is everything you back it with scriptures. So before you go home, you are loaded. Amen. So go back to Proverbs chapter 8 verse 14. Proverbs 8 14. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Amen. This is wisdom speaking. And one of the things that the wisdom does is it gives you sound counseling. Sound counseling. So if somebody is preaching and said this thing that the word of God says he's giving you counseling from God. Maybe it, it may be contrary to your lifestyle. You don't get angry but you must look at it. You must, you must receive it as God speaking to you. Sometimes people get angry. I remember one Sunday I preached here and after a man and a wife were fighting outside. So I said, what is going on? The woman said, oh, my husband is accusing me that I've come to report him to you. And that's why the thing that you were preaching, it was all about him. 
So I told the man, I said, look here, I, I can't waste the whole night praying, preparing message, and because of you. Amen. It's counseling of God. Sometimes you are, you are into certain attitude, and the word of God is counseling. Leave this habit. It will not help. It's counseling. It's taking you from evil to what? Good position. Because the devil all the time is trying to push men into certain position. So that he can destroy them. So that he can win the war. But when we take heed to the word of God, it helps us to escape. Hallelujah. And that's why over here, when it comes to marriage, you go through counseling. It's not for anything. I wish that all the young men and all the women will get married. But we'll give you counseling so that you can have a better marriage. Amen. Say counseling. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which is a very popular scripture, seek first, it's a bad. Are you there, Matthew 6? I'm waiting for you to get it. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. God is saying, you want to prosper. It's a good thing. You want to be successful. It's a good thing. You want to be great. It's a good thing. But first, seek my kingdom. Give your life to Jesus. Receive my word. Repent from your sins. Repent from your old ways. Repent from your attitude. Hallelujah. It's a counseling from God. It's a counseling from God. Sometimes you are into, you become an alcoholic, a drunkard, and you are preaching. I remember one time we were preaching I met a couple and I was preaching and, and the man was so, you know, no, I've been the The man was overcome with, with alcohol that he, he couldn't do. He, he said, hey, I think we're three people preaching. Hey, I'm running to your mom, Amen. It takes the word of God, the counseling of God's word. So that you can become better. God loves you. And he gave his only begotten son. So that whoever will believe him will not what? Perish, but will inherit eternal life, everlasting life. It's simply because it's a, a good counsel. God is counseling you to live your evil ways. It's a counsel. Turn to somebody and say, It's a counsel. When somebody is talking to you or a pastor is talking to you, he's counseling you. Hallelujah. Let's go to my two sixteen. Already we've, we've, we've read that one. Let's go to the book of Genesis.
Now, in Genesis 24, verse 60, these were the blessings that was given to Rebecca when Rebecca was leaving home after a man had paid the diary. In these days, there are some young women, they will not wait to be blessed before they leave their father's house. No matter how, you may have money to rent your own place, but listen to me. There's a blessing to leave your father home with blessings. You wait. And Rebecca waited. A man came to pay the diary and Rebecca was now going home. And, and, And look at the blessings. Amen. Yes, let's read. And they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, Thou art our sister. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions and let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. Is it not a good blessing? Is it not a good blessing? Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Proverbs. Proverbs 21, 16. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. You wander out of the way. When you stay out of the word of God, the Bible says you will remain in the congregation of the dead. Antiawu. I mean, you are in the congregation of Antiawu. You're wandering. You don't listen to counsel. You need counseling because the Bible says there's a way that seems good to man. But the end thereof is a way of death. You need counseling from the word of God. Don't joke with the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Jacob, Jacob was running away from the father, uh, from his brother. And Jacob got to a place. In Genesis 28, verse 17. Genesis 28, verse 17. And he was afraid and saw and said, sorry, let me take it up again. Now let me start. I'll start Genesis 28. Let me start from verse 15. Sorry, 16. Oh, 16. Genesis 28 from 16 going. And Jacob awake out of his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Say gate of heaven. Jacob was running away from the brother and then he got to a place and he had a, um, he, he needed to sleep. He slept and had a dream and then he saw heaven open. He saw leather and angels up and down. 
And when he waked up, he said, no. How dreadful is this place? This is the gate of what? You need to discover the gate of heaven before you can progress in life. Because in Jacob's dream, he saw a ladder. Ladder is a symbol of progression up. And God was at the top of the ladder. So you want to grow up you need to walk progressively according to the word of God. Are you with me? And through the word of God, God can guide you, counsel you progressively. And you will become what God wants you to be. Put your hands together for the Lord. May you become what God wants you to be. May you take heed to the counsel of God. The Bible says that we should receive the whole counsel of God. The Bible is called the whole counsel of God. Gate number two. It is called judicial and moral gate. Say judicial and moral gate. Judicial and moral gate. Amen. You know, without laws, men will live their lives anyhow. People can do things with impunity. And one of the things that God wants us to do is to be law-abiding citizens. And every civil nation and any nation that have progressed one of the things that they need to look is their laws you can live in a society and behave anyhow you become a law to yourself that anything you want to do you can get out and do it amen and that is why God gave the children of Israel the ten commandments so the people will not behave anyhow. So the people will know how to deal with their neighbors. How to treat others. Hallelujah. Just about two weeks ago, I had a call from my house that three of my dogs, they have attacked one and killed it. And I knew the cops. You know, they've been fighting this dog. So when you come to my house, that dog does not come close to them. He's always at the back. But occasionally, they, they, when we are not around, they find a way. Amen. And what I did was, the one who was responsible, for two weeks, he was never released. We have to chain him. And we have to speak to him because he's broken the laws. Amen. So without rules, set of rules, even in a house, you can live in a house and there is no rule. A father is not respected. A mother is not regarded. That every child can get up and do anything, anyhow. No. And still you expect to become what you want to be. So it is very important that judiciary, and the same applies to the nation. Amen. It's only in Ghana that people do what they want to do. Somebody told me that in Ghana there are only two laws that we obey. He said the first one is we don't, men don't go to women's toilet. And the second one is we know that if somebody dies, we have to bury the dead. 
those laws we obey. Amen. We can't live our lives that way. Our environment, how do we treat it? People will say, oh, we have to live, so we have to do galancy and spawn the rivers. The same river that you need to take care of you. Because you want to live. And you hear people arguing, and if you stop us, they will become armed robbers. Go and become armed robbers. You'll be shot. One person wants to leave. And so all of us should die. I know about mining. And I know the danger. And any time that I travel and I see women standing in a pit. Filled with cyanide. And, and it's dangerous to you. In fact, even miners. We have protective clothes head to the toe. You don't just but here you see people half naked. And you don't know the effect. Water filled with cyanide with macro getting into the upper into the west level of women. And I say what? Just because of of uh, what you will get. Are you with me? Because we want to, we, we have to, uh, our children's group is we have to pay. Everybody want to break the law. We don't build society that way. And the same people will be comparing us. Hey, when you go to Abrotra, it's this. When you go to overseas, hey, hey, the place is neat. It's because they sat down and made laws. Amen. 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 When you go to London, you see written, take your letter along. You can't throw down Chingam or any piece of tin. No, you have to take it along. Amen. One, one, one of the artists, a popular one in Ghana, they traveled to um, London years ago and they were going outside London and uh, one of them felt he wanted uh, a place to eat himself. So there was a wood, the bar stop, he went. Before he would know, there was sarin. People, 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 police. When you meet Super Odi, ask him the story. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Proverbs 29 verse 2. Proverbs 29 verse 2. Are you there? Okay. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bearet rule, the people mourn. When the righteous are in authority, if we have judges that are righteous, we won't see the case where people take goats. Amen. We will hear righteous judgment. Nobody will be influenced by bribery. Where the righteous rule. Where the people of God rule. Where the people of God rule. 
the people rejoice. But when they're wicked, they want to eat it all and leave the poor out. When the wicked are in control, they don't care. They can give a judgment and somebody will go and die. Hallelujah. So the gate of judicial should be secured. Let's look at Proverbs 11 verse 14. Where no counselors, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. There is safety. Amen. There is safety in counseling. Okay. Now let's go to Ezekiel 44 verse 23. Ezekiel 23 verse sorry, Ezekiel 44 verse 23 and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and profane and cause them to descend between the unclean and the clean Moral laws. You know, without the church securing the moral gate, in your family, secure the moral gate among your children. So that one day, as a father, you will not wake up and meet your son with a beard, with another man in beard. And, and, and they will come and say, we are in love. We want to marry ourselves. Moral law. Let's teach children. Wrong is wrong. Stealing is wrong. It's wrong to steal. It's wrong to envy. It's wrong to cheat. And as people of God, we need to secure that. If not, the devil will turn it other way around. As is happening. A woman can marry a woman. And who should continue to bring children up so that the woman will marry a woman and a man will marry a man? This is a satanic attack against marriage and against generation unborn. If somebody is a homosexual, he is selfish. If his father and mother have failed or have decided the mother had become lesbian and the father had become a homosexual, will he be born? They are selfish. And they will not tell you the health implication. It's a very expensive lifestyle. I once sat on a plane with a young man. He told me uh, when he was in secondary school, he got uh, some American guy and and the guy introduced him into homosexuality. So when he finished Form 5, he went to U.S., stayed in California. And he told me he'd been to some of high celebrated circles. And now he was coming home sick. 
he had a few days to live because he's got an anus cancer. And that young man opened up to me and he said, it's very expensive to maintain. The kind of lifestyle. And that is why people who are rich, they are into it. Because there's breakdown of what? Moral law. There's breakdown of moral law. Especially when people say, anything I believe is, I, I can believe it. Whatever comes to my head, I will do it. Whatever comes to my mind. Moral law must be won. It's a gate. If the devil opens his immoral gate into your life, you are finished. You can lead any kind of lifestyle and then at the end of it all, he will destroy you. So, moral gate must be secure. Teach your children. Teach them what the word of God says. Teach them how to pray. These days in schools, they will not allow you to pray in the schools. In those days you go to school, we have what? Religious session. Moral, uh, later on they change it to moral studies. We are taught how to pray. I remember when I was in class one or class two, my teacher told me something about we shouldn't be selfish. And you know, it was in a simple story. He said there was a woman who was so selfish. He wanted everything for herself. Everything for herself. She was so selfish. Then the woman died and went to hell. And, 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 and our teacher said, he said, one day Jesus paid a visit to hell. And when he came, he saw the woman. Now, but before the woman died, he said, Jesus pretended to be a mad person, a lunatic, and came to the woman's house. And said, please give me something to eat. What? A dirty person like you. It's because of your evil ways. That's why you become lunatic. Come on, get out. Then the mad person saw and says, please give me water. He just took a cup of water and just threw it. And said, go away. So he said, Jesus was inspection in hell. That's according to the teacher. You can't find it in the Bible. Amen. Amen. And he said, he saw the woman. He said, hey, you woman, I came to your house. I came to your house as a man. Oh, Jesus, I didn't see you. Uh, if, if, if you should have shown yourself that you are Jesus. Then he said, Please, Jesus, please take me out of this place. I'm suffering. And Jesus said, wait. So Jesus went to hell and brought a chain and threw the chain to her. And then he asked the woman, hold it. And as the chain fell, that everybody in hell wanted to also. And the woman said, hey, everybody, hey, it's only me that Jesus brought this chain. He said, you, this woman, you have not changed. Even in her, you have not changed. Even in her, you have not changed. You are self-selfish. You know, and, and that kind of teachings, you know, as a boy, you grew up with it. But no, you don't have to be what? Selfish. Are you with me? Put your hands together for the Lord. Moral gate. 
We teach our children to speak the truth. Speak the truth. I remember growing up, my grandmom would say, even if they put your hands in fire, speak the truth. But these days, people can lie without closing their eyes. Hallelujah. The moral gate must be wrong. Make effort. Don't just feed your children with good things. Don't just give them clothing. Don't just buy them toys. Don't just feed them with food. Don't just give them what they want, ice cream. Teach them to live their life according to the principles of God. Gate number three. Say gate number three. I think I will stop here and continue. Gate number three is the gate of social services. Say social services. It means that you are not an island. Even if you are rich, you live among community. You, you, you were born into a family. So no matter what, you need to also look at people that you could help. Don't live your life as, as you are alone in this planet. Look at your neighbors, what you can do to help them. You see, even if you are rich, you live in a poor neighborhood. And everything is about yourself. Every day you are having party. You don't invite anybody. Do you know what happens? People are around. Amen. The day that you shout, I'm Robert Soto, leave him alone. And so, God wants us to extend our hands to our needy brothers. This is something that we must also teach our children to do. We must all the time try to help others. Look around what you can do to help your neighbor. Listen to me. Human beings are there. Some may appreciate. Others may not appreciate. But you do it because your father in heaven will bless you. It's not only about you. Look around. People you can help their lives. People you can make them better. People you can help to make their dreams come to pass. If God has blessed you, if God has endowed you, if you are blessed, it's not only for yourself. Look around what you can do for others. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, verse 35. For I was an hundred, and he gave me meat. I was thirsty, and he gave me drink. I was a stranger, and he took me in. Naked, and he clothed me. I was sick, and he visited me. I was in prison, and he came unto me. I remember years ago, we were going to prison. We were going to visit the prisoners. And there's somebody that God has blessed. And I, I remember I spoke. I said, oh, we want to gather this thing. He said, ah, Bishop, if somebody has committed crime and is being punished, you want me to give you something to go and give to them? They won't change. Amen. 
And I said, if you look into the word of God, Jesus says, I was in prison. So if you visit the prisoner, even though the prisoner may be wrong. I remember there was a guy, we lived very close. G-man. We were very close, but he was very arrogant. He meets you, he will not greet you. And the day he shot the guy, my mom was around. So my mom told us, we all ran, the guy was lying down with a black bulletin and he drove out, wanted to talk to him, he just walked out. But I went to prison and met him. He came around and I said, do you remember me? He said, oh yes, yes. I, I, I knew that you were staying around. And now he had become sober. You know, sometimes when you go to prison, prison can make you sober. Amen. Amen. I pray with him. There was this man called Jack. Everybody was afraid of him. I met him at prison. He cried on my shoulders. I prayed with him and encouraged him. That is, you know, you don't have to hate the person. No matter what crime he has committed. Once, because Jesus is a compassionate savior. Amen. So, as part of our social commitment to people, we need to go to prison, encourage them. It is better for them to come out as changed people than for them to come out as... There's two things. Either you come out as a hardened criminal or come out as a changed person. And it is only the church that has that capacity. Amen. That we visit them, we give them the word of God. Did you hear that those that have been accused of killing uh, Major Mahama, when they came to court, all of them were holding Bibles and they were singing praises even when they were walking in. But the first time that they were arrested, you know, they walked in, you see them, how they were walking in. But this time, they are singing praises. And after the court session, they sang praises when they were taken into their uh, van. It means they've had an encounter with God. And that is what the gospel is about. To change lives. If somebody had not contacted them, if somebody had not preached to them. Hallelujah. And that is why the Bible said the gospel is the power of God. Amen. Unto salvation. And people can be saved. But we need to show compassion to people. We need to bring people up. That is what the gospel is about. It's a gate. It's a gate we need to secure. Let's find a way to support people who are vulnerable in society. Amen. When you see strangers, don't call them names. Are you with me? Yes, we are bad Ghanaians. I've always said that. When you go to places, we are bad Ghanaians. I remember when we were in Nigeria. I mean, people call us thieves. Ghana people are thieves. Sometimes we walk around and people are calling you. I remember saying, hey, this pastor, Natifo, he has come here to collect people, Kobo uh, Kobo. You know, they were, yes, they said it to us. And I didn't like it. So I wouldn't want anybody to do it to anyone else. Because strangers are venerable. We have wicked strangers. Some are unrabbits. Some are frosted. Amen. 
But as a believer, you must always be careful. Be guided that Jesus was had compassion. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus had compassion. Jesus had compassion. Now, do you think all the people Jesus had compassion for, they were correct? They were good guys? Amen. Now, let's look at Mark 8, 2. I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Jesus preaching and, and, and three days in the wilderness. And he said, I have compassion. I don't want to send them away. Some may faint on the way. And that is the kind of attitude as believers We must show compassion. People are naked. We see them around. You have a lot of clothing that you can give out. Amen. You have a lot of shoes. You can give some out to your neighbor to clothe. You know, some say, oh, when you give your clothing to people, they will take it to Juju and this and that. Once you've done it in the name of the Lord, nobody can take it to anywhere. I say, nobody can take it to anywhere. Show compassion. It is one of the ways to receive the blessings of God. It's one of the ways. Look at people, especially when God lifts you a bit. You get to one level, look down and see what you can do to help the rest. And by so doing, we are securing the gate of what? Compassion. Social service. As a church, you see, that's why we introduce in the bar system as part of our social service to the people. Amen. That's why we introduce in the scholarship scheme as part of the social service to people. But you as individual also must love people who need the compassion of the Lord. If people will see or feel the compassion of the Lord, it's through you as a believer. If you do it, Jesus said, once you've done it for your brother, you've done it for me. Put your hands together for the Lord. The last scripture will continue. Remember, this is only three. We'll talk about the rest of the gate. The last scripture, Matthew five sixteen. The book of Matthew five sixteen. One day, after preaching, a little girl came to me. He said, "Bushaw." Why is it that you preach, you quote much of mighty? Is it because you are called mighty? <laughs> I look at the girl, I said, this is a very intelligent girl. Amen. Yes, let's. The Bible says, let your light shine. Let me take it again. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When you show them your good works, they will glorify God. They will lift their hands to God, the Father. 
and the blessings will come to you. Are you with me? Sometimes we need to visit orphanage. You as individuals, you need to go to orphanage and donate. Sometimes look around you, the orphans, and do something for you. Sometimes, if God has blessed you, organize a party and call it orphans party and see what God will do. Sometimes, call only the, old, uh, the widows and organize a party for them and see what God will do. He said, this party is solely for widows. You are securing your social gate. So that the enemy will not take advantage. You know that people do it, but they take advantage of them. But you being a believer, when you do it, God, you do it and give them the word of God. Other people will do it and take advantage of them. Let us be compassionate to the vulnerable in our society. We don't have to look down on people. Let's bring everybody up. Don't enjoy alone. Don't enjoy your blessings alone. Look around and what you can do. Look around to the lives you can change. Something little to change or bring a smile to somebody. You know, I was just listening to the, I mean, there have been hurricanes going on in America. And you hear some of the things people were saying. You can be rich today, tomorrow you become venerable. May God give us understanding so that at least these three gates let's secure them may the spirit of God continue to speak to you may you position yourself and possess the gate of the enemy If we can do this, we will close the gate of hell. And hell will have no right to destroy lives. That people will live to the glory of God. May this word stay with you. May the word of God permeate your spirit and your heart. And be blessed as never before. In Jesus name. Amen.